You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast as we kick off Thanksgiving week. It is Monday, November 19th, 2018. If you're traveling today, I hope you have a safe trip. I'm your host of the show, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave it a good review on iTunes. We certainly do appreciate that. Well, not, not only are we kicking off Thanksgiving week, but the Jets are coming out of their bye, and in some ways it feels like the bye came out a good time for the fan base, at least, because the way this team's playing, watching Jets games has not been a very enjoyable experience lately, so you at least got a weekend without watching the Jets struggle, you know, a weekend of stress-free football watching where the Jets did not lose a game, and it's kind of sad that that's the point we're at right now, but that is the point we're at right now. Um, on today's show, though, we're going to talk about looking forward after the bye, some things that I'll be watching as we head into the second, or it's, we're a little bit past the halfway point, so it's not, I guess we're kind of technically in the second half, but things I'll be watching after the bye over the last six weeks, some, some key components as we head into the future. This team is nominally still alive for a playoff berth, but, I mean, if you've been watching them these last couple weeks, it's tough to envision things getting better as the schedule gets tougher down the stretch, but there are some things that I think are worth watching, so we'll talk about some of them on today's show. First one is the supporting cast on offense for this rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold. And we'll talk about Darnold a little little bit later, but I don't think there's any question that the Jets have not done a good job in recent weeks supporting their young quarterback. And that is the result of poor play. It's also the result of injuries. The Jets have had some guys banged up, so hopefully for that bye week allows guys to get healthier. You talk about some of the receivers. You talk about some offensive line namely the center on the offensive line who you know struggles snapping the ball might be related to a hand injury he suffered earlier in the season so you're hoping to hear that and we'll find out more as the week goes on the extent to which the Jets were able to improve their health situation but you're hoping things get a little bit better on that front but you're also hoping things get better on just the performance front because guys there have been some guys who've been really underperforming on this offense you know Jermaine Curse has really just kind of fallen off the face of the earth and Curse kind of played over his head, I think, for stretches last year. I think he got probably a little overrated, but I also don't think he's as bad as he's been these last few weeks. He's really just been kind of a non-factor recently, and then you've had some of your your higher-tier receivers dealing with injuries. Quincy Nunwa has been banged up. Robbie Anderson's missed some time. Uh, So hoping these guys step up a little bit. And then, you know, just on the non-injury front, some guys just have to play better. You look to the offensive line. You look at Isaiah Crowell, who, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I think at this point I'd have to label Crowell kind of a disappointment for how he's performed so far this season. I mean, he's had a couple big games, but he's just too feast or famine. I want a guy who's going out there performing on a week-to-week basis. And look, part of it is the offensive line. Look, the offensive line has not been great this year. It's not the worst unit in the league, but it's a below-average unit. I think it's well below average. I think that they've struggled more than they've played well. They've had a couple big games, and Crowell's had, Crowell has had a couple big games, but I also think there are too many instances where Crowell doesn't hit the right hole or doesn't show enough patience. I think some of his struggles are also on him. So ultimately, look, this is a young quarterback. You want to be able to help him. You know, You want to be able to lend him a hand with the way the offense is playing. So can this offense get better? Will this offense get better? That's something I'm watching. And it goes hand-in-hand hand with the next thing I want to talk about is, can the Jets dial up anything? Can the Jets come up with anything in this scheme to make Sam Darnold's life easier? 
you know, successful plays are part execution, but they can also be part scheme. And it's really been striking to me just how uncreative this offense has been. And it's the low-hanging fruit to get on the play caller when the offense struggles. Everybody complains about the offensive coordinator. And, you know, it's funny because nobody people don't complain about the defensive coordinator to the same degree when the defense struggles. I mean, yeah, people will get on the defensive coordinator, but for whatever reason, when the offense struggles, people just take it up to 10 when it comes to the criticism of the offensive coordinator. So I, I understand it's the low-hanging fruit, but it's been striking to me, especially when you watch the rest of the league, how uncreative this offense is. And, look, the Jets need to do more to manufacture easy plays to execute on offense. And part of that's in the run game where, you know, a lot of you see a lot of teams in this league faking a sweep, either bringing a receiver or back in motion one way and then running the ball the other way to kind of get the defense moving in the wrong direction, if nothing else, prevent guys from over-pursuing and tackling the ball carrier. Can the Jets do more to use formation, stack the receivers to get guys clean releases, create easy throwing lanes, rub routes that'll help you against man coverage when the quarterback can identify man coverage. I mean, I just see a lot of things that a lot, a lot of teams in the league are doing that the Jets are not doing on offense. I think part of the issue is the scheme. And again, I get, I understand play calling is the first thing everybody always criticizes. And ultimately, good execution can trump bad play calling because every play that's called, even if it's not the right call for that situation, can be executed by players. But I think the Jets, this scheme is way too dependent on purely asking guys to win one-on-one matchups. And when you have an offense that's not necessarily that talented, that's not that great, like the one the Jets are running, you know, you're asking, I think you're really asking for some trouble when you're, especially when you have a rookie quarterback, the extent to which Sam Darnold is asked to get back, get back there, scan the whole field, make a great play as his pockets collapse. And yes, part of it's the, the offensive line has to block better. There's no doubt about that, but there's just too much on his plate right now. And some of that burden can be lifted by more creative play calling by, you know, again, use of formations, route combinations, fakes, misdirection. These are things that I just don't see in this offensive scheme. Right now, you have, you've had a week off, and I hope that they've spent it studying what they haven't been doing. I don't have my hopes terribly high, to be honest with you, because I feel like if that's what they were planning on doing, it would have happened earlier in the season. They would have gone into the season with plans like this. But I'm hoping you know, they've, this, is, this is their chance because they've had a week to really study what's been going wrong. And it, you know what's been striking to me is just the fact that Jeremy Bates was part of this offensive coaching staff a year ago. He reportedly had a lot to do with the game plans, but I saw a lot more help from the scheme last year when John Morton was calling the plays. It seems like Bates has kind of taken things a step backward in that respect, and that's troubling. So over the course of the bye, have the Jets been able to figure out something to make life easier on the guys on the offense because they don't have superstar talent really anywhere on this offense? Can they at least use the scheme to help help out? Give them give this unit some easier plays to execute. That's something I'm watching for. This is a Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. The Jets are coming out of their bye, and today we're talking about things to watch for over the last six weeks of the season as the Jets play out the string. Really, I mean, again, they're technically still alive for a playoff spot, but I don't think any. Look, the team's going to play hard. The team's mindset is going to be that they're going to try and win these games, but realistically, if you're looking at it, and this is a team that went into the bye losing by 31 to a quarterback who was just signed off the street a bad buff on a bad buffalo team so 
I mean, is this team going to go win when it's got New England twice over the last six weeks of the season? You you got Houston, you got Green Bay, who's not that great, but still is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's a, it's a tall order, but there's still some things to watch. And I've talked about the supporting cast. I've talked about the scheme, but Sam Darnold needs to play better. Uh, you know, you hope that with a couple weeks off, well, first of all, you hope he's back in the lineup because he was banged up. And there has been some buzz that maybe – his return's a longer-term type deal. It may not be immediately after the bye. Hopefully for the Jets, he uh, is back in the lineup because this team becomes a lot tougher to watch. I mean, there's not much to watch on this team where things look so hopeless if you don't have the young rookie quarterback in the lineup. It just takes on a different complexion week to week. If you have 39-year-old Josh McCown, veteran journeyman who you know, is good for the role but not necess- not the guy you want to watch on a week, uh, oh, when the team season is already lost. Uh, so first of all, you hope he, Darnold's healthy, but Sam's got to play better. Look, he's been ha- dealt a terrible hand with the way this team's been playing over the last few weeks. But after his season got off to, I think, a you know a decent enough start. You know, there were some ups, there were some downs early. I mean, the game against Cleveland, game against Jacksonville early on in the season were struggles, but there were also some really good moments. He played well in the the opener against Detroit after the disastrous first play. He put together back-to-back quality games against the Broncos and Colts earlier in the season. The Colts game in particular really impressed me and gave me a lot of hope for the future because he was really in control of that game. What you want to see for Darnold is really take command of the huddle. You know, it seemed like things were heading in that direction, then things kind of fell off, and part of it, again, was due to the injuries to the supporting cast. I mean, there was definitely definitely fallout there. You know, you go back a few weeks to that game in Chicago where his statistics looked terrible, and I actually felt like he kind of lifted the offenses up a little bit. And I feel like my view was kind of confirmed in the game against Buffalo because you didn't have Dar- you had everybody everything failing on that offense, and you did, you did not have the quarterback lifting it up. That was McCown who was in there. So... You know, it wasn't all bad, but I think there's no doubt Darnold needs to play effective. The last time he was in the lineup was a really ugly game in Miami where he played quite poorly. You don't want to see him end the season on a poor note. Is it the end of the world if he does? No. Is it necessarily a sign he's heading for Canton if he plays great near the end of the year? No. Well, I mean, we saw Geno Smith play really well, play pretty well the end of his rookie season, and then not follow it up at all in year two, and end up benched, you know, early early in his second season. So, you know, a strong finish to year one does not necessarily guarantee big things for year two. A poor finish to year one does not end his career, but you want to head into this offseason with momentum. If the two choices in front of me are end the season well, end the season poorly, I think you'd obviously choose end the season well. I don't think I need to go into great detail explaining that, even though it doesn't guarantee anything for the future. You want to end the season on a high note heading into the offseason with some momentum. So can Darnold improve? Can he, you know, show more command of the huddle? I mean, I think we're looking at it. I would say show command of the system, but I think we're probably looking at an offensive system change at the end of the year as this coaching staff is likely to be fired. Uh, but still, you, you want to see Darnold. There's still plenty of reason to watch Darnold, plenty of reason to hope for him to have success over the last six weeks of the season. Next thing I want to watch for are potential salary cap casualties. The Jets have some, and a lot of them are on the offensive line, actually. If you look, if you take a look, uh, you go to the great site over the cap. I mean, the guys who really stand out to me are Kelvin Beecham, who's had an up-and-down season, really down against Buffalo, his last performance. Got off to a really slow start, seemed to stabilize things. $8 million cap saving if he's cut after the season, only $1.5 million in dead money. Look, uh, the middle of the line, Spencer Long, $6.5 million 
savings if cut if he cut zero dead money. And the same thing for Brian Winter, six point five million if cut zero in dead money. I'm not sure the Jets are necessarily going to cut these guys immediately, but I think the last six weeks could determine the extent to which the Jets really search for upgrades. I think what the Jets are in the Jet these guys might be fallback plans if they don't play well over the last six weeks. If they play well over the last six weeks, the Jets may plan on bringing these guys back next season. If they don't play well, then they may search for upgrades in the offseason. If you don't get them, you hold on to them. But the second you find an upgrade, you cut them. That that could be this. And that's just my take on the situation. That's my educated guess on the situation. So that's something to watch. How do these guys play? Another guy who could be kind of up in the air is Crowell. $3 million in savings if cut. Two, only $2 million dead money, so that's another guy. If he doesn't play well down the stretch, he could be perhaps on the chopping block. So that's something I'm watching for. I'll you know, keep an eye on the guys who could potentially be cuts in the offseason. You know, guys who potential cap casualties. Potential is the key word there. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them back for 2019, but... You know, you look at the dollar figures. If these guys don't play well, and all these guys have been up and down, and unfortunately, I think for aside from maybe Beecham, for the other guys, it's been more down than up so far. So these are guys. These last six weeks could be important for these guys when we talk about their status heading into the 2019 season. Uh, so that that's some again another thing to watch out for. It's a Monday episode of Locked On Jets. We're talking about things to watch for as the Jets come out of the bye. We just talked about potential salary cap casualties. Well, there's something else the Jets need to watch, and that, those are potential free agents. And the Jets have a lot near the end of the year. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about all the salary cap space that the Jets are going to have in the offseason. And I think one of the things that gets lost in the shuffle is the reason that they're going to have so much cap space. It's not necessarily that they've done a great job managing the cap. You know, there, there are lots of different reasons you can have cap space. And the biggest reason the Jets have a lot of cap space is they just have a ton of players hitting free agency. You know, you, they don't have players under. Con- they don't have a lot of players under contract for 2019. So when you don't have players under contract, that's why you have cap space because you don't have any money dedicated to them yet. So the Jets have a lot of players, a lot of key players hitting free agency, and that's one of the reasons. You know, you can talk about all this cap space, but functionally speaking, it's not as much as it seems. It's not going to go as far as you think it will because the Jets have a lot of players, a lot of starters who are going to be free agents, and those players will either need to be re-signed or replaced. So. We're not just talking about using that cap space to upgrade spots. You're also talking about signing players just to keep the team as good as it is right now, which you know is not exactly what a lot of people are going to want to hear because this team's not so good right now. But you know, there are a number of key players who are going to be hitting free agency. So the end of the season could determine whether the Jets bring them back. You know, some of the guys we're talking about are Morris Claiborne. Yeah, that's that's one of the guys I'm looking at. I got to be honest with you, I would be very hesitant to give Claiborne a long-term deal. I, I think Claiborne's a guy who was built for a one-year contract. Buster Screen, who, let's be honest, the Jets like him more than probably we do, you or I do. Um, Jermaine Curse, a guy who's really struggled, who you know the team really likes, but he's got to start playing better. He finishes the season the way he's been playing these last few weeks. Curse may not be a guy the Jets are interested in retaining. Steve McClendon's another key name to, to keep an eye on. He's getting kind of old. 
you know, can he keep playing at a high level? Can maybe the Jets bring him back on a one-year deal? Quincy and Nunwa is kind of a wild card heading into the offseason. I'm sure the Jets are going to want to keep him. But the question is, how much money is he going to require on the open market? Can he make? Can he earn himself a bigger payday over the last six weeks of the season? You look at some of the other guys. Daryl Roberts, who's had a surprisingly decent season. Well, will he finish strong? Robbie Anderson, you know, what he'll be a restricted free agent. What sort of uh, tender will the Jets be putting on him? Henry Anderson, a guy who's played pretty well. I think the Jets will probably look to bring him back. Can he have a strong end? So lots of key guys are going to be free agents for this team. So that that's certainly something worth watching. Something else to watch, rookies. How do the other rookies, and we talked about Sam already, but some of the other rookies, can Nathan Shepard start to make more of an impact? He, I think he started to come on a little bit. He was a guy people had high expectations. I'll be honest, I had high expectations for him. I thought he played well in camp. thought he had a big preseason. Not really much of an impact so far in the regular season. Starting to come on a little bit. Trenton Cannon, can this kid you know, make, a, make some plays? You know, the, you've you heard all about it in camp. I told you about it. There hasn't been much to speak of so far. So what'll happen in that front? Uh, you know, can he can he start delivering? Uh, so those are you know some of the things to watch. Chris Herndon, can he continue to produce? He's been a success story so far his rookie year. But as as is frequently the case with th- with third day rookies, he's a relative. He's a success relative to expectations. I mean, he's not producing at the level of a big tight big time tight end or even you know a, really that good of a starting tight end so far. Can he, you know, continue to elevate his game? He's beaten the low expectations. Now can he take his game to the next level? So, you know, plenty to think about as we head into this uh, end of the season. And this is the stretch where these guys, you know, that now they've started to have a little experience under their belt. They have a full season of, uh, not a full season, but they've had, they've had a couple months in the NFL to kind of adjust to the speed and strength of the opposition to digest the playbook. Can they finish the season strong? And finally, I'm just going to talk about the coaching. Can this coaching staff show anything to make anybody believe that they deserve to be back in 2019? Can they finish strong? Because right now, barring something dramatic, these guys are probably not coming back next year. And that would be totally deserved. And the question would be how far-reaching would the changes be? Will they move into the front office as well? At this point, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, though, that the coaching staff's probably gone, barring some sort of dramatic second half resurgence for this team um you know it it would take it would take a lot but more than that as much as anything can this coaching staff show some of the show that they're worth keeping and we talked a little bit about the offensive scheme earlier but you know can todd Bowles improve the game management can he you know improve any number of things can this can these guys make sure this team's prepared on a week-to-week basis Will they start being more aggressive, taking more chances on fourth down? This team's undermanned. When you're undermanned, you have to roll the dice sometimes. And this team has not really rolled the dice enough, I think, in key spots. So lots to digest there. I mean, can this coaching staff show anything? Because right now, I don't think there's much of a case to bring these guys back. Can they at least make a small case? Can they give you anything to suggest that there's a conceivable reason they should come back? So that's something I'm watching for. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to the show. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify. Please do leave the show a good review on iTunes. We certainly do appreciate it. I hope you have a great Monday. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll talk more Jets as we continue to roll towards Thanksgiving.